Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think I might take my shirt off. That's what I tell people when I'm starting to feel myself. Not literally, but figuratively. Nick Price, at Nick Price KC on Twitter. My name, Dusty Likens, at Dusty Likens on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Shoot, shoot us a message. We're going to throw it back at the end of the show today. For the ones that remember, we're going to do a What You Watching. It's for my guys. It's for my people. We're going to do that. So send in your text, What You Watching. I know there's a lot of stuff coming up. Lance, Big Lance, I know you're watching Survivor Series, man. I hope you watched SmackDown last night, buddy, because it was great. It was great. NXT versus everybody else. Got NXT tonight. Send it in 69306. What you watching this weekend? Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, cable, movies, theaters. I don't know where you're going. Just let us know what you're watching. 69306 to the Protein House. Eat with a purpose. Text line after us. It's overtime with Chris Nacero and Julio Sanchez. Guess that song's over. <laughs> Oh, man. I thought I could have felt that out a little bit better. Yeah, well, when you come back from break saying, I'm going to take my shirt off, that's kind of what happens. Uh, We've also called the text line the sex line before. That's not by accident. That was actually was 100% by accident. Um, Something that wasn't on accident was the flex of the NFL a little bit this week is they can start to do that. I don't know what's going to happen with the Chiefs-Patriots game. I don't know if Nick kind of thinks that the Chiefs and Bears game might get flexed out of Sunday night, but I just think with Pat Mahomes and that market, I just don't know. Like, Mahomes versus Khalil Mack seems like a good sell. Plus, like... Yeah, you know, Nagy against, like, Andy Reid and yeah. all that. Mitch Mitch and Mahomes. And I, it's Mitch Trubisky. Who's that? Uh, he, I think he plays quarterback. When did he get he, drafted? Uh, 2017. And what number? Uh, number two. Oh God, actually. who went after him? Yeah, well, they so the Bears traded up oh. and they passed up on uh, Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson. Ah, yeah. So that's a storyline there. But there's a couple good matchups that week that I could just see if the Bears continue to go on the way that they have. Yeah, you know, you got Cowboys and Eagles and is in that afternoon slot right now. Okay, and that could be a game that comes down for the NFC. That's a divisional rivalry, right? And I mean, they love putting the Cowboys on prime time as well. Um. Rams 49ers, maybe. But, um, yeah, you know, other than that, it's not a whole lot. So, I don't know. Yeah. It could happen, though. I think that Cowboys-Eagles game is the one to watch. That's what you're going with? You think they're going to flex the Chiefs out? If if it happens, I think it'll be for Cowboys-Eagles, yeah. Is there a limited number of primetime games? This is probably something I should have researched. Can can you only play in a certain amount of primetime games? Is it like four or five? Not sure. Yeah. Could you imagine if, like, the Chiefs were just that good? That they just played 16 games in prime. That would suck for Pete Sweeney and Ken Swanson and mm-hmm. Jay Binkley, who, by the way, uh, next Sunday, starting at um, 
what, 235? No, 135. You can catch the Arrowhead Pride pregame show with Ken Swanson and PJ, and PJ Sweeney. Uh, Pete Sweeney. <laughs> uh uh, you can catch those guys in pregame. You can catch Jay Binkley and Pete Sweeney in postgame. I'll be with them because it will be a home game, and Nick Price will be, uh, what, grabbing some claw with some bras at the game? Oh, you know it. That's right. My man. My man. 25-year-old Nick Price. My God. We had a discussion with this young lady today. It's kind of funny. I had to fix a toilet, or I had to attempt to fix a toilet this morning in the female bathroom here at the intercom building. Kind of sucked because, I mean, just toilets disgust me. Um and I, I just felt nervous going into, like, a female restroom. But she came up to us, like, frantic, looking for help. And she's like, do you guys know how to fix a toilet? I think it was part of a scheme by her to make sure she was the only one that got in trouble. See, that's it. She so, wanted she wanted the cameras in the building to show right. that you went in the bathroom. Yep. And when you came out, the toilet was And I'm broken. a very distinctive-looking character. I have a red beard. I'm very large. And I was wearing a blue hoodie. There's only seven people that have been in this building today. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them. The toilet's broke. Thank you, Emily, for doing that. I appreciate that. So we'll go down together. Um, all because of a toilet. Um, interesting, right, how football works. It's interesting to watch the NFL develop week by week by week. The NFL is just a crazy sport. Everyone was like, oh, the Raiders are doing really well. And then the Raiders kind of barely held on against the Cincinnati Bengals. And all of a sudden, people are like, well, the Raiders might not be as good as they think they are. Hold the phone. Here's the thing. We've got to give the Raiders and John Gruden a little bit of respect. you got to give them a little bit of credit, right? Um, the Raiders are apparently good enough to get a game flexed against the Chiefs. I get it. It's all about timing sometimes. The Raiders are, what, 6-4? and 6-4, the and, and they play the Jets tomorrow. Which and Binkley has them on upset alert. Right. I, I think the Raiders are a three-point favorite, but... You'd like to think that the Raiders, the way that they've been going, they should win that game. Yeah. And then you would set up for two teams at 7-4 and four, sitting atop the AFC West at Arrowhead next week in the A half game slot. would be what would separate, or they just be oh, tied? They would be tied, but the Chiefs own the tiebreaker from right. the win in week two. So, Oakland gets flexed next week against the Chiefs. And it's interesting because... When you look at that game, beginning of the season, you're like, all right, the Chiefs are going to beat Oakland twice. They're going to beat the Chargers once, maybe twice, and they should beat the Denver Broncos twice. So you look at what the Chiefs should do in the division. They should go possibly 5-1. and one. Right now they're 3-0, and oh, and they got the rest of their division games at home in December. The only games outside of the division are next week, or in two weeks when they go to New England, and then a week after that, two weeks after that, they'll go to Chicago. And then they play three games at home against the division, one of which has been flexed already to 325 for a primetime slot against the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders play the Jets tomorrow, and like Nick Price said, they're three-point favorites. A win, they're tied 7-4. and four. This is not an Andy Reid after a bye week kind of story. I think that's pretty overplayed just in general. That's, a, that's beating a dead trash can if you're the Houston Astros. And the thing about that is, is that I don't care what Andy Reid is after the bye anymore. I, I just don't. Um, you can talk to someone else about that stat. Um, this is an Andy Reid against the division story. This is Andy Reid, who is 29-10 and 10 against AFC West opponents since he came to Kansas City in 2013. Five of those losses were to Denver, so 19-2 and two since uh, Peyton, my forehead is gigantic, Peyton Manning. 
Peyton Manning on those Denver teams just absolutely wrecked through everybody because it was like Peyton was either pissed, he wanted to keep going, something. And he had a little bit of fire left in him, and the Indianapolis coach was like, hey, man, we got this Andrew Luck guy who we think is going to be here for a long time. God. I'm sorry. Some people just don't want to play anymore, and that's fine when you make $100-plus million and you're a genius. Um, But I think that we should see more of that next week. Again, this isn't Andy Reid coming off a bye. It just happens to be that he's coming off a bye this week. He's playing the Raiders, but to me it's more important just because look at the track record of what Andy Reid has done against this division since he's been here. Take out Peyton Manning, 19-2 and since Peyton Manning retired. He lost last year on a two-point conversion at Arrowhead to the Chargers, and I want to say he lost to the Raiders. It was that game where uh, it was in Oakland, and they had like three shots at it because of flags at the end. It was a Thursday night game. It was a Thursday night game where you traveled to Oakland. Two or three years ago. Yeah, and Amari Cooper had like 200 yards receiving. Mm -hmm. So you look at that, and you think about where this game stands. And this is a game that could be more important for the Raiders, as of the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs, it's real simple. You're coming off a bye. You got everybody back. Just go take care of business. You're at home. You don't have to go anywhere for two weeks. Oakland, this might be Oakland's Super Bowl. Oakland lost to the Chiefs in week two where they only allowed 28 points in one quarter. I say only because those are the only points scored for the Chiefs the entire game. Whereas the Chiefs only gave up 10 in the first quarter and didn't give up anything for the last three. So I don't know who you want to say had a better defensive game, the Chiefs or the Raiders, but it was the Demarcus Robinson game. It's where Demarcus Robinson just went absolutely nuts, and the week before was the Sammy Watkins game where we saw Sammy Watkins do something that we'll never see Sammy Watkins do again. And when the Chiefs and the Raiders played, it was the game where everybody was like, holy cow, the Golden State Warriors reference seems like it's legit. They just turn it on, they run away, and they just are so far in front, you have no chance. In the blink of an eye, down three scores. And now that game moves to Arrowhead against John Gruden, who's got whatever it is in the Kool-Aid, they're drinking in Oakland. So to me, no matter what, unless they lose the rest of their games the rest of the year, which I don't think will happen, the Oakland Raiders have turned this season to what started as a dumpster fire They started on hard knocks where they showed a player who couldn't show up to his rehab assignment that they cut right away who was on last chance U. I don't need to explain the Antonio Brown situation because you saw that unfold and you think to yourself, there's no way John Gruden makes it the 10 years on the hundred million or on the, yeah, the hundred million dollar contract for 10 years. There's no way. And now all of a sudden you're like, damn. Gruden's doing all right. They're playing with the chip on their shoulder, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm not a Raiders fan. I don't support Oakland. I don't. I'm just telling us that where we started at the beginning of the year and where we're at right now because of how funky the NFL is, you got to give the Raiders a little bit of credit. Yeah, they're the bad guys in football. They're the black and the gold or the silver and black, and they always seem to get, like, away with whatever it is on the field. But whatever John Gruden's doing in Oakland, those guys believe it and they're playing to it. So you got to give John Gruden and the Raiders a little bit of credit because it's it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, I think a little bit of it is that they were counted out so early. You know, people making fun of them on hard knocks, saying it's going to be a terrible season, saying we don't know if John Gruden's a genius or if he doesn't know what he's doing. And then also I think a little bit of it plays into the fact that this is their last season in Oakland. And you got a little bit more of that emotional chip on your shoulder to go out there and perform. And they've definitely, they might not be, 
as legit of a threat to the Chiefs in the AFC West as years past with other division rivalries. Right. But they've definitely been a lot better than they were expected to be, and that's something that you gotta you got to give them some props for. There's a reason why Andy Reid's so damn good against his own division. We'll talk about that next. Plus, I think that we got to keep talking about Raiders and Chiefs. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. KU score. 21 to 9. Is that what you said the KU score was? 21 to 9 right now. Yeah, roughing the passer call uh, kind of hurt the Jayhawks there, but you know, two score game. It is what it is. From the text line, 69306, Tyreek will play. So if we lose or play Raiders in close, low scoring game, even if we win, we should be very concerned. Don't want mediocre offense to become an accepted trend. For those of you that are into wrestling, local wrestling, Kramer, the young man that produced the show for Jay Binkley, he's got a match tonight. I know Big Lance will be in attendance. I have a prior engagement. I can't make it. Nick Price, I think you're in the same boat. But he says on the text line, heading to set up in the ring and listening to my dudes. Shout out, Kramer. Thank you for listening. This is Out of Bounds on Saturday at 610 Sports Radio. It's beautiful outside. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll uh, bother Pete Sweeney's. He's on a road trip because he's got a bye week, and we want to talk to him to what people do during bye weeks. Obviously, a lot of Chiefs players are doing some great stuff in the community. Chiefs fans are able to see all that via social media. Um, Chiefs fans looking at that. Um, that's what you want to see your team do. Tyron Matthews, shout out. You're doing a lot of good stuff for the city. Patrick Mahomes with his organization, all that kind of stuff. Looks like they're having a good time uh, doing what they do for good causes. I like seeing that as well. Um, when you can give back. Uh, I know it's the holiday season. A lot of people aren't as gifted or as uh, they're just not as maybe blessed as some other people. So just remember that this time of year. Remember that sometimes situations get hard. Sometimes people get uh, get a little sidetracked with uh, what they're going to do. And there's other people that need help in certain regards as well. So just remember that as well. And it's always awesome to see your NFL team do that that supports your city as well. Um, we just kind of went all in on the Raiders about how they need to get some respect from people because what they're doing, quite honestly, is remarkable. They're 6-4. and four. They go to play the Jets this week. The Jets are not that great, but the Jets are a team that I think could at some point upset a few teams along the way the rest of the season just because they have Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold seems like a high, streaky quarterback where right. it's like they, on or he's not. They seem to be a little bit better than the record would suggest. Yeah. Not great, but a little better. No, I totally believe that. Um. So when you look at the what the Raiders have done this year and you look at what the Chiefs have done in the last couple years, like the Chiefs are locked in to be an AFC West um, favorite for, for many, many years and a winning season for many, many years moving forward. In fact, uh, I saw a pretty interesting tweet this week. Um, I forget if it was like, I forget it was like an NFL. I think it might have been Field Yates that tweeted it out. Um, but he had a list of like the winningest season, the win, the the like most winningest seasons, like consecutively. Obviously, the New England Patriots like led that list with like the most, and the Chiefs were sitting there right at like six, I believe. I think they had six consecutive winning seasons. You would think that the Chiefs would continue that trend this year moving forward. Um, 
Also, the funniest thing in the world was uh, Mason Ramsey taking a picture with, like, nine cheerleaders and just saying, is this what they call fantasy football? Mason Ramsey, by the way, taking over his own social media. He just turned 13. He says things are going to change around here. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. First of all, I don't know why you're following Mason Ramsey so close. Are you not following Mason Ramsey closely? No, I'm 32. That guy's 13. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but when we talked about the Raiders last uh, last segment, the thing that's interesting about the Raiders is that the reason that they're good is because John Gruden and um, Mike Mayock are building that team from what they think is the nucleus of how they should do that moving forward. What's interesting about that is that they did hit with Josh Jacobs. It would appear that Jonathan Abram, who's hurt this year, um, probably is going to be a legit safety moving forward. Um, it looks like Tyrell Williams fits that system. And, oh, by the way, they've got a ton of draft picks moving forward. And they don't have the drama that is Antonio Brown anymore, which is kind of interesting. And what I like seeing about that is, is that for a while, you always kind of told yourself, what's the AFC West going to look like when it comes from and uh, in, in the years moving forward? And it's interesting that you look at that. And I think that the Raiders are the only team in the AFC West that will be able to compete with the Chiefs moving forward. Hold on. The reason I say that is because of what they've done this year as opposed to what they did last year. And I get it. There's a ton of times in the NFL where you go from worst to first or you just have a complete flip of a season because of the transition that is the NFL. It seems like the window for every team is about three to four years. Again, Unless Not to mention, like, Patriots. scheduling, too. You know, right. if you finish last in the division, you're going to play a lot of last-place teams. Yeah, exactly. That's why the Chiefs and Patriots seem to play each other every single year. They win their divisions. You always play the top two teams in the divisions, play the top two teams in ever the divisions. That's mm. just how it goes. That's why the Colts and Patriots always played each other. That's why the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens will play each other a lot. That's why the Chiefs and Patriots will continue to play each other a lot. Chiefs and Steelers, or whatever. Whatever the Steelers are at the top. That's just how it goes. But when it looks like the AFC West, let's start from the bottom. Let's just steal a line from Jake. So we'll start from the bottom, and then we'll get to here. And when you start at the bottom, it's got to be, to me, it's got to be the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos seem lost at quarterback. I love the Locke family. They do a lot of stuff for downtown Lee Summit, which is where I live. I live literally 17 steps from 3rd Street Social, which is owned by Drew Locke's dad, Andy Locke. It's a fantastic place to eat. He, got, he has another couple other restaurants around there as well. That's not football talk. But when it comes to the Denver Broncos, that defense isn't getting any younger. Chris Harris at one point wanted to be traded. Shout out Kansas Jayhawks. Von Miller looks like he's starting to play a little bit better now. That defense looks like it's playing a little bit better, but that defense isn't going to get any younger. And that offense has, I mean, Corlin Sutton looks like a stud at receiver. He does. Like, I'll give him that. Yeah. But that's it. They don't have a running game. Philip Lindsay was literally an undrafted free agent out of the draft, out of Colorado. He was just in their backyard, and he just seems to work. But what's the narrative when it comes to running backs? Not a narrative, a fact when it comes to the running backs in the NFL. You don't need to go find a first-round running back. You just don't have to. But you know what does matter? The quarterback position. Right. And they have no idea who's going to be playing quarterback going forward. And we don't know what's going to go on with Denver moving forward with their quarterback. So that's Denver's situation. And when you don't know what you're doing at quarterback – you're just set back that far. If you want to go back to the Chiefs, when you had Tyler Thigben, Kyle Orton, Matt Castle, I'm going to stop there because it just hurts to think about that. And then you move up from there. 
I have to say the Los Angeles Chargers are there. Their hometown doesn't like them. They don't know if they even want to play in Los Angeles anymore. Phillip Rivers is done over with. He looks washed, like he trash. looks like when Peyton got the noodle arm in the last year. That's a great name. Yeah. Noodle arm. Oh yeah. He's yeah. got the noodle arm big time. He's got the same arm strength that Johnny Damon had in Boston. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Phillip Rivers is like watching that game. Like, I get it. Like, his offensive line wasn't 100% healthy. But, like, he's not hitting routes like he used to. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know how to throw a football and how a route's supposed to be ran and how you're supposed to do it. Other guys will do that for you in this city, and they just look like clowns. But the thing about it for me is, is that when Phillip Rivers plays against the Chiefs like he did on Monday night, and granted, it's in Mexico City, that feel was terrible. We'll see how he looks when he comes to Arrowhead again where he's uh, 1-0 in the last year at Arrowhead. But to me... Philip Rivers' arm, like you said, noodle arm, isn't getting any better. Philip Rivers isn't getting any younger. He's getting ready to be a stay-at-home dad because he's got 15,000 kids. Well, and it doesn't seem like they have a backup plan either. And they it's don't. not like they're grooming a quarterback. And they don't. And they're not going to pick in the top, what, 10? Maybe they will, depending on how they finish the rest of the season. But, yeah, as long as Philip Rivers sticks around and they stick around like 500 or maybe a little bit better, they're not going to be able to get, unless they trade up, one of those top-tier quarterbacks. It's just not going to happen. Right. And you look at how the Raiders have drafted towards the future of what the Raiders want to do, and you look at the Chargers, and their defense is pretty legit. Like, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are pretty legit. Yeah. I'll give you that. But, like, you got to move the ball. Yeah, Melvin Gordon held out. Melvin Gordon wants to get paid. And they have Austin Eckler, who is, like, I don't even really know what Austin Eckler is. He's like a scat back, I guess. And then Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is, you never know how healthy Keenan Allen will be the entire year. And then you move after that, and it's the damn Raiders. Like, I get it. Derek Carr is not the best quarterback in this division. It's not the worst, though. But he's the second best quarterback in this division. And Derek Carr, from the year that he had last year to the year that he's had this year, now that he's had two years with John Gruden to get inside his head and kind of feel comfortable, like, there's times when you go work at a new place, right? And your GM is just kind of one of those tough, rugged, the wall's really thick around him. Like, it's hard to break down his wall, and you just feel uncomfortable at your job. And maybe you might cry if you fall to the ground like Derek Carr did last year. But then the next year, you go out and play golf with your manager or your coach or something like that, and you figure out, hey, this guy's actually not too bad. I know what he likes. I know what this cool. is. I feel a little bit more comfortable in my role. And once you do that, things tend to get a little bit better. Derek Carr must have went and gotten hell of a good workout on his triceps this year because it made him feel really good on hard knocks to roll up his sleeves and really feel like a cool guy. And what's crazy about the Raiders is that they hit. No matter how you want to look at it, they hit in this draft class. They have a solid tight end. They have a running back who could possibly be rookie of the year. They have a quarterback who is now a veteran that knows what he's kind of doing in that offensive game plan. And Tyro Williams has been good for the Raiders. And, oh, by the way, they got a ton of draft picks next year, man. Also, that offensive line has been great. It has. Like a Shout lot out of Rodney things, Hudson. A lot of things have worked out in the Raiders' favor this year. But you just look at all the young guys that they have on offense in that core, and you look at all the draft picks coming up and the progression that they're making, and it's hard to imagine that it won't be Chiefs and Raiders as the top two teams in the division for years to come here. And, I mean, I'm not kidding you when I say years to come. Like, the Chargers – they're going to be in a rebuild mode here in about a year or two, and it's going to take a little bit unless they strike gold like the Chiefs did with Mahomes and the Broncos. 
man, until they get John Elway out of that front office, they are in some serious trouble, which is why I've always said you never want to take an all-time great from your city and put him in a position like that because now what's Denver got to do? Fire John Elway? Yeah. It's like when you say it out loud, it sounds crazy. It sounds insane. It's like if the Royals were to have George Brett become a manager. Right. The only thing that can happen to George Brett is two things. He walks away as a manager or the Royals seriously fire George Brett. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. It's just weird to think about it. You got to give Gruden credit. You got to give Mayock credit. They know what they're doing. They got good with Darren Waller, who became a stud tight end. Oh, yeah. After he got clean and stayed out of trouble. And then you look at what they've done with their running back situation. Like, he's having a great year, Josh Jacobs is. And they hit on that. And a lot of people before the year were like, oh, all they did was draft Alabama and Clemson kids. Uh, <laughs> Who've been the best two teams in college football? Idea. Yeah, where's all the talent going in college football? Most of the time it goes to Alabama and Clemson. Yeah, Ohio State gets a lot too. But I'm saying, their plan worked. Moving forward, it looks like it's going to be okay. And you got to give credit where credit's due. But again, I'm done talking about the Raiders. Also exciting. Raider week finally means Bring something. Bring it back. Yeah, it means something for the first time in a long time. Look at that content you just came up with on the fly. That's what they call wit. Mm-hmm. And that's good because that could bring back Raider Week because John Gruden's about it. Andy Reid might Andy not Reed, be. Andy Reid, John Gruden, though, that's also yeah. like a clash of like very popular, yeah. very successful coaches overall. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And then you bring back Raider Week, and then it might get dangerous because if the Raiders can be relevant and the Chiefs can stay relevant and they're the only two that can stay relevant in the AFC West, oh, my God. Speaking of relevant, we got to call Pete Sweeney coming up, and we also want to talk about things that you can do, possibly you, what you should be doing on your bye week. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on a Saturday, 133, almost 134. It's gorgeous. Gotta love Missouri weather. It's a complete crapshoot this week in weather. By the way, Penn State making a comeback against Ohio State, 17-21. Ohio State leads with about four minutes left in the third quarter. Um, Chase Young might get himself drafted number one overall. He now holds the single-season record for the most sacks in Ohio State history with 14-and-a-half. He passes uh, Vernon Goldston, who recorded 14 in 2007, by the way. Uh, Nick Bosa played there. <laughs> and Joey Bosa. They're good um, in the NFL game. Also, some other stuff that's going around uh, in the college world. In the, what, Harvard-Yale game, Nick Price, there was protests? Yeah, a bunch of students, like, it looks like from the pictures and the videos I've seen, like, about 100-plus students went out to midfield right after the second half started. Uh, They got a big sign uh, protesting climate change. And so the game has been delayed. College students doing what they want to do. Um, So it's kind of interesting this week. Uh, The Chiefs have a bye, and people always wonder, like, what do you do during a bye week if you work in sports or you work in stuff like this? And for me, it's kind of interesting. So I've got some stuff going on tonight. Uh, Tomorrow, it's supposed to be like 57 degrees, um, which is interesting. Now, this is a bye week in week 12. So it's already past daylight savings time. So it's dark at literally like when we leave here. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, we're off at 3. The sun's already going down. It's kind of fun. Um, But what's crazy about it is uh, there's a lot to do tomorrow. So like for me, I'm going to golf. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hit the links tomorrow because I think it's probably gonna be like the last time I'll be able to golf the rest of the year uh, during a bye week. I have Red Zone on my phone, so I'll have that on in the golf cart, which is kind of crazy, like where we're at today, right? Uh, because it used to be like I'd go golf with like my grandfather and my other friends, and it would be like just just be quiet, you know, don't talk when he's swinging. And nowadays, you just take a jam box with you, uh, lots of beers and whatever their other, uh, uh, you know, what other activities you partake in when you go golfing. Um, and we'll just, like, play the speaker, have some fun, joke around, and uh, I'll just have Red Zone on on my phone because I'll be uh, wired to my fantasy team as this is the week before playoffs start. I've got to defend the crown. i got the trophy above the refrigerator, all that kind of stuff. Um, 69306, Protein House, Eat With A Purpose, text line, what are you uh, doing during your bye week? There's a lot of stuff you can do. Yard work, right? My parents were out of town. Um, they had a ton of leaves in their yard. I got tired of looking at it when I'd go over there and say hi to them or, like, take care of stuff for them, check the mail. I mowed their yard, mowed the leaves, uh, got all that out of the way. You can do chores. You can wash the car, clean the house, et cetera. Red zone all day it for your fantasy football. I think that's probably where I'm going to be because, yeah. like, it's kind of nice when the Chiefs don't play. You don't have to go through that stressful. <laughs> no, I already ate that. Uh, you smashed the whole thing? I smashed the cake, yeah. Oh, the whole my. cake. It you was... and your roommate or just you? Well, yeah, my roommate had like a piece or two, but it was mostly me. My God. No, it was it was a good week. Uh, but <sighs> when the Chiefs don't play, you don't have that stressful like three and a half hour slot during the day of right. where you're watching the Chiefs and just sweating this thing out. So yeah. you just get to actually just kick back, turn on red zone, and soak in seven hours of commercial free football that – at the end of the day, it's no stress. You just get to pull up your laptop, have all your fantasy games going, maybe get into a little bit more of, like, daily fantasy, whether you do FanDuel yeah. or DraftKings or something like that. Go bet tomorrow. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, stress-free Sundays where you just get to enjoy the beauty of football without any of the downsides. Yeah, and, like, if you do, like, watch football at noon, you can be like, all right, I'll watch the, uh... <laughs> hey, there you go. So those of you that want to go get your car washed, Nate with Go Car Wash, come to Lee, come see us at locations in OP and Lee Summit. We need to get our car washed. Hey, <laughs> by the way, hey, Nate, Nate, if you're listening right now from the 816, I've got bird crap all over my car. Me I too. We, we parked in the worst spot in the entire parking I will, lot, apparently. After we get done talking to uh, Sweet Peeny, um, that's what I call him now. You just take the P and the S and you switch it, and it's Sweet Peeny. Um I'm going to come out there. I'm going to get my car washed. I'll tweet the picture that Jay Binkley sent. My car is literally looks like Beirut if it were birds and poop. Um, goat man, I'm getting drunk. <laughs> That's not a bye week, goat man. Uh, 69306, what are you doing during the bye week? I encourage you all to do what I'm going to do and either go golf, go do something outside, or gamble. I'm going to do all three. I'm going to gamble when I golf, and I'm going to gamble outside of the golf. So, my buddy of the Red Door Wine Store, Paul Westfall, you better be ready to be distracted. Um, it's kind of crazy how uh, this week when the Chiefs don't play, you've got a little bit more time on your hands to just kind of relax, even though some people might think to themselves, like, I'm still going to do some other stuff. But maybe you're a husband, and maybe every Sunday or Monday night or Thursday night, you got to tell the wife or the girlfriend that you're with. You got to be like, hey, babe, Chiefs play. Can't do it. I got to do this. I got you know, I got to stay. I got to stay with the Chiefs. I got to do something else. This is your week where you go to her house. You hang out with her. You watch the sitcom that she's been wanting to watch with you. You catch up on old shows. You go on family trips. You go do things that you didn't want to do. You go down to City Market. You go check out downtown Lee Summit. You go downtown Overland Park. You do whatever you got to do because the Chiefs don't play. 
Because the rest of the year, you know, like, I feel like that's a pretty known thing that Sundays are kind of for football. I know that's the agreement that I have with my girlfriend. She's like, hey, just go watch football all day. And then after Sunday night, we can hang out or whatever. But for the most part, this is your week where you can just do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. And you don't have an excuse. So you're kind of screwed. Right. But then also, it makes you look good. You're like, hey, I'm going to take the whole day off of football just to spend time with you. And you think we have it tough when it comes to football and have to, like, think what we're going to do. But think about guys that, like, write about football all the time, talk about football all the time, have to get up at, like, 4 in the morning and go talk on news stations and talk about football all the time. That is Pete Sweeney. And Pete Sweeney, you're on a bye week this week, and I'm just interested. What does Pete Sweeney do on his bye week? You know, it's crazy because I, I love the NFL so much. That I when when the Chiefs either have a bye week or like an off game, I it is one of my only Sundays to enjoy it like a fan. Yeah. Usually when we're covering we're covering the Chiefs, uh, it's I'm focused on that game, and even in, even if they play at noon, for example, I still am going to be covering them, covering them after the game on the Arrowhead Pride post game, and then we do the web, and I might get finished around halftime of the Sunday night game. So I never have that experience. So tomorrow I'm going to go with some of my friends and just enjoy Sunday football, watch my fantasy team, because it's only one of my opportunities to do it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, will you partake in any activities that go on during watching football? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you, you got to have a couple beers. you got to eat as, as poorly as possible. I just try to have the full, the full Sunday fan, fan uh, experience that I would otherwise have. Uh, you know, had I not been employed by the radio station and Fox Media. Yeah. So, uh, what's your go-to appetizer with uh, with beers? Watching the uh, watching the football slate. Oh, you got to get your some chos. I mean, if you don't, if you don't get a little meat on them. Why do you cheese. call them chos? All... <laughs> what do you mean? Like, why do you call them chos? Yeah, get a, you know, sour. Some people like sour cream on their chos. Uh, queso. <laughs> I happen to be a guac guy. I like some queso on my shows. Um, do you do That's the right. co- do you do the combo meat or you just go one meat? You know, I know that white meat is healthier for you, but to me, there's nothing like beef nachos. I, I, I mean, it, let's let's be honest. Let's call it state of state. Beef nachos are way better than chicken. I get the health conscious people out there. You got to have beef shows. You like the uh, like pickled jalapenos, or like the fresh ones that like you can feel it go down your esophagus. I'm more of a pickled guy. I, I don't like that experience. I don't mind spicy food. I actually tend to like spicy food to a point. I don't want to be sweating. I don't want to be, like, having the head to the bathroom and, you know, douse myself in water after. But, I, you know, I, I like the pickled jalapenos. You know what I mean? What's more overrated, mozzarella sticks or wings? Overrated. I got to go mozz sticks. I'm a big fan of chicken wings. Huge chicken wing guy. Bone in? Bone in. I mean, if you're going boneless, what I mean, you might as well get tenders. What are you, what are you doing at that point? I like chicken nuggets, though. Pete Sweeney, I don't want to keep you too busy because obviously, uh, you know, you got your bye week. You got some time to relax. You got some time to digress. I want to ask you this real quick. It's the only football question I have. It's kind of a two-parter. <laughs> one, do we okay. owe the, do we owe the Raiders an apology and give them some a little bit more respect? And two, are the Raiders the team in the AFC West to compete with the Chiefs for the next five years? Yes, and I don't know if we necessarily owe them an apology. I think everybody trashed them this year. 
me personally, I looked at the Raiders this year. I, I figured they were a year away. I, I just think they're a year ahead of schedule. And it's because, like, they, they've been winning the games they should. They're just winning against crap teams. But that's never, never a given in the NFL. Like, you just saw the Chiefs lose to the Titans. So, I mean, they're taking care of business. Tomorrow we'll answer a big question. I know I'll be watching that game in particular, the Jets. They can handle the Jets, which is not a given, again, and then can come into our at 7-4. and four. I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I, there are some people, I guess, who would really trash them and say they have no chance and, and laughed at John Gruden when he was knocking on wood during training camp and stuff like that. So I could see where you could say that. And then when it comes to, to this team, I really like what Mike Mayock is doing. This draft class is by far the best draft class. And that was laughed at around draft season. And one of their players, Jonathan Abram, hasn't even really played this year. I think he's going to be great and really a headache for the Chiefs. This Chiefs-Raiders thing is for real. I think more so than the Broncos and the Chargers, the Raiders seem like a team that's built for the foreseeable future. I don't know how long Derek Carr lasts there. I think if they ever have an opportunity to take a quarterback they like, they'll do it because, I mean, Carr is okay, but he's not a match for Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah. This Chiefs Raiders thing is going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for the, about the next decade or so. There you go, Pete. Hey, have a good Thanksgiving. If I don't see you, um, I'll be thinking of you when I have some Thanksgiving shows. That's 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 right. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you guys do a great job. Thank you, buddy. Pete Sweeney. He agrees with us. I like Pete. I like Pete Sweeney a lot. I I, I chose man. I just can't. I like that. Like he's too cool to say the full thing. Oh, nachos. Like, yeah, he's super cool, man. No, he's definitely he definitely is. He's too cool to say nachos because it's just like too long to say nachos, so he just goes chose. We, yeah, I'm gonna start saying that. He also knows that Jameson's like my favorite drink of choice. Like I drink a neater on the rock with maybe with, if it's been a long night, I'll have a splash of Coca Cola in there. But uh, you ever have a JMO and ginger ale? That's what he calls it, JMO. Yeah. No, I don't drink ginger ale. It's a great combo. I'm good. Um, sports and irony, it just seems to always work. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Well, Ohio State and Penn State's kind of interesting. It was 21-17. It's now 27-17. Ohio State just scored. Number two versus number eight. Big Ten challenge. 13 minutes left in the game. Getting ready to be 28-17. But we're local. Yeah, there's another uh, where'd game. You, where'd you go to school? I went to the University of Kansas. They playing today? Yes, they are. And they were what? How many dog points? Uh, I think they were like, you know, they were 22.5-point dogs or something like that. Let them know what just happened. Uh, so, Puka Williams scores a touchdown and then interception on the first drive for Iowa State. And then Kansas goes down, punches it in, got the two-point conversion. They lead Iowa State. 24 to 21. Let's go. At the end of the third quarter. Let's go. How about them Hawks? Puka Williams trying to be the best running back at KU since Gale Sayer. That's sad. <laughs> My God. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's good. Uh, Iowa State's not a bad football team either. They always seem to be competitive. If nothing less, the Jayhawks have been a lot more competitive this year than they have in years past. And so, would that be win number five or four? Four. Okay. But, you know, almost beat Texas on the road. Yeah, moral victories. Remember that. Um, so is that like – how many games are left in their, in their season? One? Two? Uh, two. No, just, uh, just the one. Yeah. It's Baylor. Oh, God. Next Saturday. You're not winning that one. It's in Lawrence. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I, mean, it would, I mean, if Scott Drew's the coach of that football team, you might have a chance. Right. I still can't believe Scott Drew's holding on to that hair. 
Like I could have sworn that hair would have been gone by 2018. It's not. Never give up. Speaking of 2018, it's now 2019. Um, when I was in high school, I thought it was interesting. I've always kind of been a sports nerd, and hence, that's why I'm here. But I've always kind of been like a nerd when it comes to sports. I've always kind of been uh, diving into other topics other than, boy, that game was really fun last night. Um, or, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch this. I'm going to go watch that. Speaking of what you're going to watch, at the end of the show today, we're going to do a segment called What You Watching for the Real Ones. Uh, so send in what you're watching, uh, 69306 to the Protein House E with a Purpose text line. Shows, movies, uh, you're going to a movie, you're going to watch something on a streaming device, you're watching Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, uh, HBO Go, whatever you're watching. I watched, uh, I'm really into Watchmen right now and The Mandalorian, both fantastic, fantastic. Um, but yeah, KU up 2421 with uh, basically the fourth quarter underway. Um, but what's crazy is when it comes to irony in sports, it's interesting. And I find it ironic that the biggest basketball player in the world right now at the NBA level is LeBron James. Now, you can debate what you want about where LeBron James stands all time when it comes to basketball players. I put him at one. That's just who I am. That's not where I'm going to go with this. We're not going into it right now. No. But where LeBron James gained popularity, and I go back to high school because high school is the focal point in this conversation. Because I remember when I was in high school, I got very excited to see St. Mary St. Vincent play basketball because I was like, this kid's supposed to be great. I'd never watched high school basketball on ESPN. I played high school basketball for two years. I was a shooter. I was fat and short and slow. And the only thing I did was shoot against zones. And as soon as they got out of the zone, my coach, Jim Hester, would call a timeout and tell me to get my big ass off the court because I couldn't play man defense. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I was like fat Mitch Lightfoot with a three-point jump shot. That's who I was. I accepted that role. My dad was my basketball coach my whole life. My dad didn't have the damn heart to tell me, hey, you're just slow. My dad was always just like, just get open somewhere and shoot it. My friends hated it, but I could get in a groove. Put 23 up one time against Summit Lakes in eighth grade. How you doing? Anyways. The glory days. Oh, man, you ain't lying. And, I mean, it all goes back to me and my dad when we had played horse and there was an oil spot in the driveway that he and I just couldn't miss from. He was better at it than I was. Shout out, Kurt Likens. But the thing about LeBron James and being in high school is that when I was in high school and LeBron James was getting put on ESPN at 18 years old, looking like a damn man, it was interesting because nobody followed high school sports. Nobody cared about high school sports unless it was maybe football. And now LeBron James has been in the NBA for 17 seasons. Looks like the Lakers are going to be the best team in the NBA, as well as the Clippers. The battle for L.A. is going to be something great to watch in the NBA the rest of the year. But the thing that's great about this is that now LeBron James' kid's in high school. And guess what? LeBron James' kid is going to be on ESPN because LeBron James' kid also plays with Dwayne Wade's kid. Zaire Wade and Bronny James will have 15 of its upcoming season's games broadcast on ESPN Networks. And in fact, two nights ago, 
Ronnie James, play on ESPN3 or ESPN3+. Plus. And when asked about it, LeBron James had this to say after a Lakers game. I mean, it's bittersweet for me. Obviously, I would love to be there. Um, you know, it was my, my son's first high school basketball game. Um, so it was, that was the bitter part of it. The sweet part of it is technology is amazing. You know, and I got an opportunity to have dinner with one of my best friends at CP and also watch my son and my nephew and, uh, nephew and Zaire and, and my like my little nephews and the rest of them on the team. So um, uh, thank, thank God for, for technology and, and the ability to be able to still um, you know, watch my son. So it was bittersweet. And it's crazy because the irony in this is that the fact that the guy that made high school sports and basketball and made people want to watch basketball kids in high school, his son is now going to be watched by everybody in the country, not only because he's LeBron James's son, not only because he plays with Dwayne Wade's son, because he's an absolute freak of a basketball player. And there's going to be a day, you can mark my words today, on November 23rd, 2019, where it's going to be LeBron James playing defense or offense against his younger kid, Bronny James, in an NBA game. Because the coolest thing that's ever happened when it comes to a father-son match was the fact that the King Griffies hit home runs in back-to-back fashion. That's the coolest thing that's ever happened. I'm not really 100% positive if Cal Ripken and Cal Sr. played together. I think they did. But what's cool about this is the fact that LeBron James and his son are both getting the prize and the recognition in the same way, shape, or form. Will his son ever be what he is? I don't know. I can't call it. I don't know if that's the way it'll be. But I know that it's kind of awesome that they're going to put LeBron James' son on ESPN because, yes, it's LeBron James, but also because he's the number one high school kid in the country. Moving forward, he will be, and he's going to be that entertaining to watch. You remember when Zion Williamson was in college or in high school? We all do because it was on TV. Do you remember when John Wall was in high school? We all do because they put it on TV. You know why they put it on TV? Because LeBron James is on TV, and it made ratings go up, and people were like, oh, so this is the future. And now LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's son are the future. And by the way, they dunk, and they dunk with authority. And they play basketball at a level that you wouldn't even believe that high school kids play at. Well, and this whole movement of getting high school players on TV like LeBron had, it's really made a lot of people more attached to these players because they're not only watching them in college or once they get to the NBA, but they're watching them develop from the rawest of skills when they're freshmen in high school and sophomores to all the way through their NBA career. I think LeBron James's son could play for the Golden State Warriors today. I feel like if Probably I could. had a son that got put on TV, it'd be this kid. Well, uh, I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. I like Sam, and I like the fact that he's just going hard to Miley Cyrus in the background. It's 2 <laughs> o'clock almost. We got one more hour left. I've got to tell you what we talked about in the first segment because I don't know if you were along with us. Coming up, it's the Chiefs moving forward, and I think the playoff scenario for the Chiefs is basically set in stone. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.